Welcome to the Coach and the Therapist podcast, where we discuss solutions to life's problems from two different, though related, perspectives. Each week, we pick a topic such as anxiety, depression, or weight loss and offer our views based on our training, background, and experience. We appreciate you taking the time to listen to, share, and subscribe to this podcast. For more information, head to my website at vanessachristensen.com. Welcome back to another exciting and fun-filled episode of The Coach and the Therapist. We are going to talk today a little bit about kind of the idea of having high highs and low lows and sort of how to avoid that. I think you had mentioned sort of the idea of a difference between uh, what is it like high, like a roller coaster versus rolling hills? Yeah. Yeah. So the idea is that um, we constantly feel like life can be a roller coaster at times. And then other times we're like, we're just sort of like waiting in line for the roller coaster. That kind of can bring anxiety as well. But um, when we are on that roller coaster, it's because we're either feeling like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing in the world, or like, oh my gosh, this is the worst thing in the world. Um, or um, that person is always so mean to me, or um, that person understands me so well. Like, there's just like these extremes of uh, very black and white sort of idea or like when we feel uh we think we're feeling an emotion but really what we're doing is we're making it worse um so what do, you, what do you think causes that like why do you think people have those kind of high highs and low lows honestly it's like they resist um feeling an emotion allowing the emotion to just be like um when you resist uh, allowing disappointment like in a child you tend to then go into anger because they they're not meeting your expectations or your um they make you look bad or um you you make it mean all these other things instead of just saying like okay well that happened and i'm kind of disappointed so what do you think about the idea like that sometimes people uh, go through kind of emotional swings or they go back and forth because they're like trying to work on a particular emotion so i I think to back up one second, kind of the idea that we're talking about is that, you know, you can have these kind of dramatic differences between high emotional states and low emotional states. And sometimes those things will will sometimes swing back and forth pretty rapidly. And people sometimes when they experience this, they don't really know what's going on or they, they can't really explain or understand their experience. Um, so hopefully we could talk a little bit about like how they understand their experience and, and how they can begin to manage some of those things. Um, sometimes when I talk to people about this, though, I... I see it as potentially a positive thing, especially if you're like in a really negative place. Right. You might uh, you might find a tool or a technique or something that can help you to feel better. And so you might get to like a better place, right. but then sort of the old patterns or that, that old neural pathway will kick in and then you'll swing back down into the negative place. And then you kind of like go like, okay, I don't want to be down here. And then you swing back into the positive place. So sometimes I look at it and I wonder if, if there's some positive things as well to people going back and forth. Sometimes maybe it's a sign that people are actually trying to try new behaviors or new ways of thinking. Um, that's something that I think is actually healthy, but I don't think that's exactly what you're describing. No, and what I mean is that instead of thinking you're on a roller coaster, you could just actually um, experience it more like a rolling hill. So it's not the idea that you're not going to have highs and lows. It's just that the way that you are 
approaching it, like maybe the perspective, the way that you, the story that you're telling about the situation, um, the emotions that it, that it, it uh, then it creates within you, um, then either can catapult you into like a much higher state of the emotion, um, or kind of like what I just explained, which is like, I mean, in therapy, you guys talk about it all the time, like uh, secondary emotions versus primary emotions, right? So, uh, like, I, I would say, like, feeling hurt is a primary emotion. And um, when we resist feeling that or try to avoid it or, like, re, re, um, we resist or avoid it, um, we tend to then kind of catapult it into, like... Um, anger or blaming or like lashing out and um, it tends to then create this whole new set of experiences so a hurt person um, acts in a way in actions right that look as kind of aggressive or like um, uh, angry type things um, like if you were to take out all the all the audio in their and you're just watching at their actions, you can see their body language act in a certain way. Um, that might be one way. Or hurt might be um, like uh, retreating and backing off and then uh, letting go of like um, relationships or and then not going into a relationship. So they go into this low of, of, um, of isolation and loneliness, right? And um, so it, it tends to be you know, hurt, if you actually just deal with hurt and say, this hurts, I'm, this is a hurtful thing. I can feel it on my body. I like it. I can locate it where it is in my body. And I'm actually just going to be one with myself at the moment and just say like, okay, I'm having a human experience of feeling this, that you can actually then sort of allow that emotion to progress, right? But here's the trick. We don't want to keep adding more thoughts and more on top of that. That's where that's where the roller coaster starts to become. And that's not what most people think when I mean like just feel the feeling. And they're like, oh, I'm feeling the feeling. <laughs> right? And it's just getting more and more amplified. Um, but what I tell them to do is like, no, actually become one with your body. Like bring it back to the present self and say, okay. I'm actually really thankful that I can feel hurt because the opposite of hurt is joy or the opposite of hurt is is connection or the opposite of hurt can be um, love, right? There's, there's the experience that you can have opposite of that. So if we never had hurt, we wouldn't be able to experience the op opposite either. And, um, and you can actually just say like, this is this is a great thing that I can feel this, right? I can also, it's also very helpful. Like if I were to be in a very dangerous situation, this is perfect. But right now, this might not be a, a situation. So I'll give you an example of what I mean. Um, I had an individual that I'm kind of close to, um, or I mean, I wouldn't say that we're close in the sense that we speak on a daily basis, but we do have in one way, shape, or form, have to have interaction with either like a family member or something like that. Um, that um, so they're still in my life, but even though I don't talk to them on a regular basis, um, 
there's still a way of me knowing about them, interacting with someone in my family or something like that. So um, this individual said some things about my one of my family members. And so um, in a way, I made it mean that I was either just not a good parent or um, or that I, you know, I was hurt that this person wouldn't just allow my this my child to be who they are and understand them. So the feeling that I had was hurt, like misunderstood or like hurt for my child that they're not allowed to just be who they are. And so what I wanted to do was to defend my child, defend my parenting. You don't know what you're talking about. And so notice how I, I go to this higher heightened leveled level of, and if I had acted from that, that's how I would have shown up. Instead, I actually sat with it for a while and just allowed myself to be hurt and to have the human experience. But what happens is that the more I do that, the more I also have compassion for myself for going through that and for my child. But what's interesting is that as time goes on, you actually understand that other people are going through things too. So this individual might be very much trying to work from a place of like trying to control the situation or trying to try to make sense of the situation. Maybe she's feeling something on her own. So I allow her to be herself as well. So if I want her to allow my child to be the way that they are and to not just allow them, but to accept them and then with some guidance help. Um, but I should also allow her to be who she is. And then maybe when I'm in a better place in compassion or just like ready to say like, hey, did it work out? You know, how did, how did it go? So it's from a different, it's a, it, it feels different. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, I, I mean, I think what you're, I think what you're trying to say is that when we when we talk about like the roller coaster of emotions or the um, sort of ups and downs that go high and low, part of it comes when we try to resist a feeling. So if 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 somebody's hurt, like if they've hurt you or you feel like you have a hurt feeling because of something that somebody's done, mm-hmm. and you try to say like I'm just not going to let that be, you know, I'm not going to be able to sit with that. I can't handle that. I can't experience that. Then part of what we have to do to cope with it is we get we have to flip it into something else. So maybe we flip into anger. Which is a which is a more heightened emotion and it's more it's more uh, expressive and whatever it may be. And it gives us the feeling of it, it gives us adrenaline. Yeah, but it also doesn't take away the hurt. And no. so when the anger's done or it's finished, then we will swing back into the hurt. And then because the hurt doesn't feel good, we'll only be able to sit with that for a short period of time before we swing back into the anger. Right. And that's how those emotions kind of go into this really high, high and really low, low thing is in part because we resist and we don't want to allow ourselves just to feel the thing that we're feeling. And we don't really have the skills or the ability to even cope with those feelings when when we might have them. Well, and also the actions that come from hurt leading to anger is that it creates a whole new set of circumstances, right? Now it's like I am coming at from this emotion and instead of just allowing the emotion to bell curve you know and then make a conscious decision to to 
move forward in some way and under trying to understand the situation or whatever, then, um, then, uh, I, I'm stuck with my reactive. Also, that's the second one, which is we resist what is given to us, but then also we re, we want to just react, right? And we just want to take care of that situation right then and there. And it's like, sometimes it looks a little crazy, like from me. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think some people don't, um, I think some people don't really know how to deal with motion and they don't know what to do with it. I mean, I've had countless people sit uh, across from me who, when we start to talk about things and their emotions, and I'm not, and I don't allow them to just go to secondary emotions or to deflect or, um, as you might say, buffer, mm-hmm. like their, their emotions do become overwhelming mm-hmm. and they do get to the point where the person just feels crazy because they can't control that emotion. Like that emotion does consume them. Uh, and what's interesting about that is that oftentimes it's not it's not because of the emotion. It's the thoughts that go along with it that yeah. compound the emotion. Right. You know, so they begin to have thoughts of I'm losing control and I can't handle this. I can't take this. And and then, of course, that then creates new feelings and emotions that become overwhelming or awful. And, and then they, those people, they do. They really go through those really kind of dramatic swings between feeling okay and feeling like they just can't handle it and it's just too much well and guess what happens when you're like feeling like you can't control it like you're gonna want to blame the other person and like this is not right well yeah we eventually want to get out of it and so you have to do something to try to get rid of that feeling right you know whether that is like drinking alcohol or sometimes even just exercising or even like Eating. Eating or other things yeah. that help you to just get away from the feeling. Right. And then people don't ever actually deal with the feeling. Right. Yeah. So um, I, um, it depends on when you're listening to this, but in a couple of weeks, I'm going to do a workshop on how to have a better relationship with yourself. And a lot of the time we're going to actually spend on talking about emotions and where they come from and like how we actually have way more control on, on that and how we can actually... Um, our thoughts about emotions too and ex- and experiencing them either will help you or or it'll make it worse i mean kind of like what you mentioned like where they're sitting there and like no i know this feels awful and like if you don't just like sit there and just say like okay the worst thing that I- can happen is that it just is in my body right but the the problem is is that they don't just stay within their body and just like actually focus on the feeling their mind totally wants to go problem solve this is because of this because of this and, blah, 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 blah. and then you start adding compounding even more thoughts onto this emotion so the idea is to really just focus on like literally just focus on the emotion what's it called even just give it a name right so anger okay or like hurt and then it's like and then like do all the hokey pokey things of like give it a color give where is it on your body like locate it and for me it's like in my throat or in my stomach okay does it feel heavy it's like why are we even doing this because we're literally actually helping you understand how to feel an emotion instead of spiraling adding more thoughts and avoiding and resisting and reacting from an emotion. And I would talk about that just in a slightly different way and saying that when you when you do things like that, when you say like, where is it located in your body? Like, can you add a color to it or whatever it may be? Um, what you're doing is you're taking the automatic neural pathways and you're just interrupting them. Mm-hmm. 
You know, so so when it comes to overwhelming emotions, it's a it's a predetermined path. It's almost like a slippery slope kind of thing of like you you start on this slide and then you begin to pick up speed and because you're now picking up speed, you can't stop yourself and then yeah, you crash down at the bottom of it. Whereas when you are kind of towards the top of the slide or at least in the beginning and you start to say things like, "Hey, you know, like let's let's think about this in a different way or or respond to this in a different way, you are getting off of the slippery slope. Yeah, it's kind of like, I mean, the perfect example, I mean, the most tangible thing that I can explain it is I can actually, because I experience panic attacks, it's literally how to stop, not completely stop, but like curb out a panic attack to full blown of like three days exhaustion and going through it and continuously being in it, right? To um, like lessen the time but also allowing the process and knowing how to work with it and see it, see it for what it really is and like breathing and like, like really kind of getting back grounded into yourself and then, and then not adding more negative things onto it and allowing the, the, the panic attack to run its course, but also in order to do that, notice how running its course, that sounds scary because you think it's going to be so out of control. But notice because we think it's going to be out of control, it adds to it. But if we just say like, oh, no, 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 this is just my body reacting. Like I know what to do. I take deep breaths. I count backwards. I do the certain things that I know to do. And then I locate it. Okay, it's here. This is what it's doing. I'm okay. I'm right here, and this is what I'm what I'm doing. And so, um, it doesn't stop the panic attack, but it definitely doesn't compound it. And it actually, for me personally, it helps me to to um, understand what's going on. And it almost, I mean, weirdly enough, like after it's done, I'm like super proud of myself because of how I handled it. It was okay. Like, and it gives me confidence of like, I just survived that. I think for myself, like I get, I find that with, at least with panic as a, as an experience, like I can interrupt it and actually just stop it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it and it comes down to like my own personal beliefs on it that allow me to do that. But it, it comes down to the, the idea of like, I know that panic doesn't serve me. Right. Like I know it doesn't. I know it has never solved the problem for me in my life. Like whenever I have a moment of panic, I am not thinking better. Mm-hmm. I'm not seeing clearly. I'm blocking the universe from helping me. Right. And all these things are compounding to cause more problems for me. Right. So if I can have a thought of you know if I go down this road, it's not going to serve me. Right. Something kicks in and says, and it's probably the stubborn part of me <laughs> that says like I'm not going to do anything that doesn't serve me. Right. So for me, that, that actually will stop a panic attack because I just have that thought of this doesn't serve me. When it comes to panic attacks too, like we, an old, old method of like dealing with it is to actually like try to prescribe the symptom or bring it on. Mm-hmm. So if you have somebody that you know is going to have p- panic symptoms under a certain circumstance, you know, like if they have to go perform at a play or something like that, is you just prescribe the symptom and say, hey, right before your play, I want you to have a panic attack. And it's another example of what I'm talking about where you basically take the way that the mind is going to run with something and you just induce a different pathway. 
And what's interesting is, at least with panic, is that your brain can't quite follow the pathway once you put it on a different slope. So it's kind of interesting how that that can work sometimes. And it goes into that idea of not like not resisting. Mm-hmm. You know, when you and this is the, the classic example, like I start walking up the stairs, my heart starts to race a little bit more because I'm exerting myself. I go like, oh, my gosh, this is a symptom of a panic attack. Right. Now that I'm thinking about a panic attack, I have more I have more of those issues. And then I actually have a panic attack. Right. That's resisting, right? Like, I'm scared of this. I don't want this. I can't have this. Right. And ex- it makes it worse. Yeah. And the examples that I'm giving and are more of like where we say like, okay, I'm noticing something's happening here. Right. I'm going to go down this road or this road that doesn't lead to this awful experience, which probably brings us a little bit back to that idea of the bell curve that you were saying is like the most most emotions, they are just, they occur on a bell curve. Right. You know, they, they come, they go up, they peak, and then they drop. Right. Um, and why it could just be a rolling hill is that you can actually allow that emotion to just kind of roll with it. Because I didn't just have the bell curve one time of hurt. It, it was like a couple of days of like me going like, oh, man, there's that feeling again. But I also noticed, I'm like, I know why you're here. It's because I'm thinking that an injustice was done again. You know, like, and it's okay. Like, my child is okay. That person's okay. I really want to come from a place of, like, understanding and things like that. So when we resist the feeling, it does, it makes it heightened. Same thing with with a panic attack. The more we resist it, the more we're, like, scared of it. Like, notice that as well. Like, I've also, like, oh, crap. Like, I don't want to do anything that might bring it on. So then like I start looking for things that might bring it on and then all that starts compounding as well. Yeah, well, at least when it comes to panic, right? Life right. just brings it on. Yeah. So if yeah. you're gonna avoid life, that, that becomes very problematic. Right. Um, and so there are other times that um, clients or just myself in general, it's like, well, I just don't wanna feel disappointed. I'm like, well, again, bringing it back to um, without disappointment, like, you also don't actually have like also like oh hey that worked out or like oh that's exciting there's change right so you miss out on the possibility of a different outcome and then most of them are like yes but they never it's like then just allow them to be who they are they're consistent that way and how do you want to show up how do you want to feel about this so again with this one individual consistently. This has been, this this isn't the first time that this happened, right? It's been uh, different situations or whatever. It's like, I just allowed it. It's, it's okay. Like I actually had compassion for this individual of like, I'm sure she's going through life too. I know she is because she's a human being, right? And so what's interesting is that at, when I was ready to take action or just to let it go, I was able to from a very different place. And so it turned into rolling hill of hurt versus a roller coaster of hurt to anger actions. And then like having to deal with that explosion because I could only imagine if I showed up as a, you did this, this, and this, and this, and how dare you and blah, 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 blah. And don't you understand blah, 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 blah. Guess what's going to happen? I just raised the temperature. 
Yeah, that person's not going to come back and say, like, oh, my gosh, you're so right. Right. Your child is wonderful. (laughs) Everything they do is golden. It's amazing. Right. No, they're going to come back in a way that actually they'll just find more evidence for what they're thinking. Right. And you can apply this to anything. Coworkers, um, spouses. I mean, I just gave an example of someone outside of my family about one of my children, right? And so um, there's – and there's just times where – the appropriate thing to do is to to talk to someone who's like someone who's like not going to be trying to fix it for you uh not to help you get even more heightened about it right it could it just be someone who you can just talk to and that could very well be a journal it can very well be um someone who's just you know i don't need to be fixed i don't need anything i just need to just put out my ugly thoughts at the moment and just let it just be blah. And then that's it. Like I just release it and then I can just deal with the hurt. Yeah. So we're talking about essentially two different kind of mechanisms by which people go on the roller coaster. One is sort of an internal battle between, I don't want to feel this thing. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling it. I'm going to do whatever I can to not feel it. Oh my gosh, I'm feeling it. And then another one would be when we're when we're resisting a feeling or not allowing ourselves to deal with it, we tend to act in a way that elicits from other people the exact thing that causes us to feel more of that thing. You know, so if I feel hurt, I lash out at the person who felt maybe feel hurt. They don't just go like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and I'll never do that again. Well, and they're like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that felt great." <laughs> yeah, they, they do things that hurt us more, right. which then heightens our hurt, which then heightens our anger, right. and interpersonally causes us to kind of go on that cycle. And guess what? You just keep going up that 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 peak, right? You just keep yeah. Go- you're doing with your hand the thing that roller coasters do, <laughs> which is like a little like click, 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 and right. you go to the top, and then you come screaming down to the bottom right so the internal one would be the resistance and that continues to click up that roller coaster right until you're just like oh my gosh explode and then go down right um and then um uh the external one would be like reacting and like heightened voice or lashing out like angry text um maybe even gossiping about and like getting more people on your team. Those are the type of things that are um, reactive that make a roller coaster experience. Yeah, it just brings more of the behavior that caused you to feel what you did in the first place. Or right. at least, uh, as you would say, right, led to the thoughts that led to the emotions <laughs> that you were trying to avoid in the first place. Right. Um, and so, and then you end up basically acting a lot like the person that you're complaining about or having the issue with. Yeah, and the, the way that we kind of cope with or handle ourselves in these situations is instead of doing that is to allow yourself to feel something and not resist it and recognize and not compound it with negative thoughts about the feeling. Right. Recognizing that all feelings kind of go through this bell curve sort of thing of they, they, they build a little bit, but then if you don't resist them, then they dissipate, they go away. Right. And what's interesting, though, is that when you mentioned it, like the roller coaster version of resisting versus allowing, um, you can, instead of resisting, you can just be curious about it. It's like, okay, why are you here? (laughs) I'm just just curious about it. And it's like, okay, I got it. It's because of this. And then you can love, compassionate. And um, the more you actually do that for yourself, the more you are able to 
uh, feel like you're actually just on a rolling hill as opposed to a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, and I, I know from like even for myself and what I see in other people is that when they resist emotions, they tend to prolong them and make them last quite a bit longer. Whereas when I don't resist emotions, it's usually like 30 seconds to a minute. Yeah. You know, like it kind of just comes and goes and it's okay. Yeah. But when I don't want to feel something, right. that feeling sometimes will last for a lot longer because I'm trying to figure out how to get rid of it by brute force right? instead of letting it just naturally go. Right. And then you can actually at that point make a decision whether or not you do need to act in a way or request some kind of clarification or things like that. If you're doing it from a place of, of okay, it's run its course. And like you said, you think like it's going to take days and stuff. Well, it only takes way longer if you keep adding more thoughts to it or you resist actually feeling it by doing other things. And then guess what? You tend to start feeling bad about yourself because you overate or overdid whatever other things, over-exercising, whatever it is that you do. Um, and like there's a huge difference of exercising to just sort of like get endorphins and releasing some tensions versus like going and exercising angrily and like exhausting yourself so that you don't have to deal with the emotion. Right. Yeah. So I think hopefully those are some helpful ideas to people and allow us to kind of figure out how to stay more on the rolling hills. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks, you guys. We'll talk to you next week.